DJ and PK at 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right. Christian Capel had to bump back a few minutes. We were hoping to have him on right now, but he's going to join us in the next segment as we continue our spring football tour, checking in on the Washington Huskies. Twitter has been blowing up while we've been talking sports, PK. There's two things going on that people are weighing in. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Brace yourself. No mask, no admittance. Costco, all shoppers and employees must wear face coverings inside Costco beginning May 4th. Today's, yeah. a, today's April 29th. A lot of comments, people on their constitutional rights and all that. And I don't know, is that any different than no, no shirt, no, no shoes, no service? You're a beach guy. You've seen that forever, right? Some place well, I shop at to. Costco and I don't wear a shirt. So I can't really speak to that. Yeah, I, they've never denied me. <laughs> when my pecs come in, I mean, people part. So it's the same thing. And actually, the, for the virus here, mm-hmm. it's actually been the same. People socially distance from me anyway because they want to get a better look, a more broader view rather than so close up to just see and really appreciate. So I've actually noticed no difference. So I can't really speak to that. I won't be able to speak to it either because people have been social distancing for me from ever, but mostly because they're just horrified me. While, while they worship you like a false god with your Adonis-like body, with me it's just like the horror and the disgust. And they just, you know, ah, get around the corner. We're buying food here. How can I buy a hot chicken looking at that? Jeez, DJ. Yeah, I don't think I am a false god. I'd have to disagree with that. You're also, a real one. too, you know, when I look at you, it just cries out, man, you need a haircut. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that. <laughs> I think we're going to have to run a poll question on that, PK. I got a comment yesterday on the golf course. You work with DJ? Yeah. You tell him to cut his hair already? How stupid is that? I think I think you should go until I have a ponytail. Please do. Oh, man, I would pay. <laughs> I yeah, would, I'd pay big money okay, for the ponytail, or I got to stop washing it, and I got to no, let no, it no, thing no, curl no, up, no, no, and I got to no, go no. Beckerman dreads. No, 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 you don't. You, there's no need to lose hygiene in this situation. In fact, that's uh, they're encouraging us to wash hands, and while you're washing your hands, just move them up a couple of then wash your a hair, foot yeah. or so. So no to the dreads, hair. but yes to the ponytail. That's your vote, PK. Well, if you want dreads, I don't care, but you got to wash it. Yeah, <laughs> got to maintain your your hygiene. You want me to be aspects. as disgusting as possible? No, 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 no. Having long hair isn't necessarily disgusting. I mean, I had very long hair in latter stages of uh, high school and in college, but I washed it every day. So I mean, there's two different things there. So uh, yeah, I've I've seen the stuff about the mass. The masks don't really phase me one way or the other. You know, the idea of how long do we need to stay in quarantine and what level can we go out, and they're lowering the risk here from red to orange, I guess, and and a couple days. So what does that mean? And, you know, I've seen the idea of uh, people out there, you know, got to get back to work, and I I don't take that very lightly. I think that's very, very serious, obviously. Uh, And, you know, let the folks who are able to go and then the ones who are higher risk or have issues, well, then they stay. And then the sign that I've seen related to that, you know, my body, my choice, they're taking it a takeoff on the abortion issue, obviously. So, yeah, those are all intense discussion points that uh, I'm going to leave to the the big boys to decide, and, and then I'll act accordingly. 
And then the other thing that has taken over on Twitter is the reaction to the press conference, the NCAA this morning. You're going to be able to make money off your, uh, your likeness if you're a student athlete. Um, and so there's a lot of details coming out. And we've been on the air, so I haven't had a chance to read into everything. But it looks like there's a uh, no video game deal in this. And when we were talking earlier, I assumed that video games would be one of the first things coming back. But apparently there's no video game in this, and people are going nuts over it. Well, that's exactly why I asked that very question, because I didn't know how it would work. We can see the car dealer or the restaurant or whatever. That seems very easy. We talked about a tennis player going over to the tennis academy and drawing some kids in and maybe giving some lessons and those types of things. That seems very doable, easily doable. But that's why I that's why I raised that question right off the bat on that video stuff. The first person you read with a comment from Facebook on Facebook was about the video and then my antenna went up completely as far as who's getting involved and who's able to benefit because that just seems very much more convoluted because it's at a much higher level than the local level. The local level you can see how that would work. Come out to Joe's uh, used cars and meet quarterback uh, XYZ. He'll be here from 1 to 3 because we already see that as you brought up with the professionals. They do that. Go over to whatever uh, LHM, whatever, Tim Dolly, whatever it might be, go over there and whomever, will, Joe Ingles will be there from one to three signing autographs, you know, that type of thing. That's been done forever. I mean, literally forever. When I was a kid, yep. my parents, we, we played in a, I played in an all-star game, baseball. I was a decent little league player. I sucked in high school, but I was a decent little league player. And at a local department store, not, I mean, local, probably 15 miles away, Willie Mays, was signing autographs. Well, I loved Willie Mays, right? So we played the game, and they rushed me over to this place to uh, Willie Mays was going to be there. Well, the line was out to Terre Haute. To get, to get, to, <laughs> it was literally. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. It wasn't to French Lake. It wasn't to like Larry Bird's backyard. Not that anybody no, knows Larry the Bird. Hut is the uh, is a line from uh, Christmas Story on the line uh, from Santa. Okay. It's all the way. It's down to Terre Haute, you know. So that's where I got that. Uh, but, yeah, and I'm in Jersey. Well, by the time we get there, he's long gone. Uh, you know, so I never did get an opportunity to meet him you know, or you know, get his autograph or shake his hand or anything, and likely that's not going to happen. But, I mean, Willie Mays was a big-time baseball star at a time when baseball was really where it was at in, in that time in the 70s, obviously. I mean, I think he was retired, but still, he was just recently retired and still a big brand name so you can see how they can do that but this video game stuff that seems very much more convoluted to me on how that would actually work Stuart mandel tweeting out landmark day for the ncaa which after 100 years with strict amateurism rules is finally on board with athletes making money from endorsements and all anyone is talking about is the no video game part (laughs) 37 comments, 20 retweets, 139 likes, and they're just spinning. You know, Twitter's got that thing. It looks like a slot machine as the numbers are rolling by. It's already up to 140 likes. 
And Scott Van Pelt, the ESPN uh, anchor, tweets back, dot, 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 because people really liked the video game and hoped it would return. And he's sitting on 23 comments and 29 retweets and 855 likes. And this stuff is all like, this. these two things have been posted for like 30 minutes. You, you go back later today, there are going to be thousands of people liking this and commenting on it. The video game, I think it really comes back to, how does it impact me? I mean, we can all have opinions on the athlete, but we're not going to be the athlete who's paid to show up at the shopping mall or the car dealership. We're not going to end up on a billboard or a TV or radio ad. But we might play the video game, and those people are rallying. Hi, I'm one of them. How bad bad do you want to be able to play college football? Because you can play football video games. You just have to play the NFL version. do 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 you want an example of my devotion to that series, DJ? I owned every version all the way back to Bill Walsh's college football in 1996. I owned every version. And it really wrecks it for you not being able to play the college game because you play the, the pro game? I played the 2014 version, and I just upload the rosters. But it would be nice to have a current version of it coming out. It's been, what, almost six years now? There's money to be made. Someone will cut a deal at some point. I'd like it. Got to jumpstart this American economy. The video game people might as well help. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Hey. I don't play the video game football. I go down to the schoolyard and I play tackle football itself. <laughs> Tough guy. <laughs> That's why you go to it's bench day every day at the gym. Yeah. I call up my friend. I won't give his last name. I'll just tell you his first name's Kyle. We get a group <laughs> of our buddies and we go and we play some football. Does he have very like exaggerated calf muscles <laughs> he thinks he does but it ain't nothing compared so, we go and we just so happen we go over to brighton we play a game winner take all then you know we go down to the local you know what and talk about it shake hands have some friendships afterward and and continue and say we'll get you next time that's with me and my buddy kyle that's what we do the local you know what the local soda shop the uh, local uh, Yak, what's that place everybody goes after BYU games? Hires. Hi, well, no, hires no, no, no. There's a there's a sit down <laughs> restaurant. Brick oven. Brick oven. There it is. Thank you. I blanked on it. Hires from Salt Lake County. Down to the brick fans. oven. I once saw Donny Osmond in the brick oven. <laughs> <laughs> Donny gets to go to the brick oven too. I know. He was just sitting there eating. I didn't bother him. I just said, "Hey, what's up, Don?" He said, "Hey, PK." Okay, great. He follows me on Twitter. We're boys. What I can remember, I tell you? I remember when that happened. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. It's one of the highlights of my life, man. I would, it's like that. I would go. To, I would go to the brick oven and compare stories with Donnie. When when the brick open opens up again and everyone could go in and sit down in a restaurant like we did in the before times. Is that starting Friday? I don't know. That new extreme distance. I don't want extreme distance. I want to be right there in a I don't want to be yeah. sitting 27 feet away. No. Okay. Hey, yeah. Donnie, throw yeah, me the you. ketchup. I'm sure we right. can make that happen. No, you're talking about when things get back to normal. Yeah, when things are really back uh, yeah. to normal. Right? I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you want it to be normal so you can just lean across and have a conversation yeah. Yeah. with somebody who's sitting across from you. I, I, I mean, I get that. Who isn't your spouse or somebody you live with. So it, even when we get to that point, it still won't be the same as it was. I mean, obviously, there will be a time, hopefully, that it does get to that point. But I, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I do like that the NCAA is doing this. It makes sense to me. Now, a lot of what 
people would say yesterday school XYZ was cheating because Booster ABC wrote a check or shoe slash apparel company wrote a check, that's all now above board. What was cheating yesterday is now totally legit. And no longer does a guy who's playing in the NBA have to go out in front of the media and say, I didn't get a hundred grand when I was in college. Yeah, the car dealer gave me a hundred grand. The uh, the dude who launched whatever startup company in Utah County, whether he's a Ute or a Cougar and Aggie, can pay whoever, whatever, and away we go. So what? Really, what it does is coaches, and we hear this all the time. Kyle says it, but he's got to be one of fifty coaches. Gary and Kalani would say it if we had him on the air right now. They're the CEO. This is going to become one more thing to oversee that it's done the right way, that there aren't horror stories of kids getting mistreated, getting back to parents and high school coaches and impacting recruiting. The kids aren't taken advantage of and end up in some illegal scheme that uh, hangers on or aren't siphoning off the money and uh, causing all kinds of problems. So this is one more thing for them to oversee. Now, maybe to some degree, they kind of have to do that stuff anyway, but there's going to be more money involved, and when there's more money... There's a chance for more problems. Oh, of course. I mean, look at Nick Emery at BYU. I mean, we, we saw that happen. And these, these old guys, they're jock sniffers. They're called into business. And they want to be buddies with these kids that are half their age, if not more. I mean, it's all, it's all a big game out there. Everybody's playing a game. We're all in a, Everyone is in a game. What can we do to get money for us and our family to live the kind of lifestyle we want to live? I mean, that's the way it works. And so here we are. We're just pushing it out more into the public eye. It's not like we're starting from scratch here. No. It's just, I mean, these kids are already getting summer jobs and whatnot. They're, this is, to, to think they're not getting benefits is so freaking naive. It drives me nuts that people who don't know what they're talking about acting like these kids are getting nothing. No. They're going to get more. That's what they're going to get. And I'm all for it. Get as much as you can, man, because it's your life. It's your situation. Money talks. You know what walks. I heard that every night right after the uh, prayer for dinner in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone to say grace, say the nice prayer, the blessing at the table. And then like two minutes later, boom, mom drops the big one. (laughs) <laughs> and then you get to seriously talking, and once you got talking, man, the words fly. That's the way I grew up. So, and I and, and they were in multiple languages too. I, I I mean, I used to know a bunch of Italian expressions when I was a kid because that's what I grew up with. Of fifty people in the house, all screaming and yelling. No, no one's paying attention to anybody else. You're just screaming and yelling, trying to make your point. There's no other point that you're listening to, and so you're just yelling and they're swearing. And and a lot of my older relatives were. Bilingual, and so they'd go back and forth on that because my, my grandfather came over from uh, Italy and uh, went through Ellis Island and all that stuff. But yeah, that's the way it was. And so this stuff is just coming out and getting pushed out into the public more. And it's time, you know, there's progression in all things, mostly anyway. And so this is the latest thing. And most, I think most everybody's on board with it. So have at it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Christian Capel covers the Washington Huskies for the Athletic. Spring football tour continues next. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and we are joined now by Christian Capel. He covers the Washington Huskies for The Athletic, part of our spring football tour as we go up and down the local team's roster or uh, schedules. Christian, good morning. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Well, coming up with a list of questions about the Washington Huskies is easy. you got to start right at the top. College football coaches are the CEO, the face of the program. They stay while players come and go. And Washington had one of the most recognizable faces in college football. Chris Peterson, with all the success at Boise State and then the two conference titles at the, in the Pac-12 at Washington, he's out. Jimmy Lake is in. How does this change Washington football? Well, I think that the sort of the foundation of the program will look largely the same. I mean, Chris Peterson's big thing that, that they sold recruits on was, you know, built for life and they're keeping that. They're still calling it that. You know, I'm sure they'll still bring in the the speakers on, on Wednesdays to talk to guys about, you know, all kinds of topics that aren't related to football and, and I know that um, the culture that Chris Peterson established there as far as developing guys for their life after football and all those sort of things was something that Jimmy Lake was really drawn to, and I don't think he wants to change much about that. Um, but, you know, I, I think he, he has his own idea of what the offense should look like, obviously made a change at coordinator and, and brought in John Donovan this offseason. This would have been his first spring installing that offense. Um, and, you know, the defense, he's he's had a big hand in for the last six years, so I wouldn't expect a whole lot to change there. But um, he'll, he'll put his own spin on things. You know, that was kind of what was going to be so interesting about this spring. Obviously, they have a lot of position battles, and they would have been starting a quarterback competition and, and trying to figure some things out, a receiver, an inside linebacker, and they'd have three new offensive line starters. But I was interested to just kind of see, okay, you know, what is, what are their practices going to look like? Is this going to look like a Chris Peterson practice? You know, is Jimmy Lake still going to be working with the defensive backs? Is he going to be spending more time with the offense? Is he going to kind of be bouncing all around the different position groups? So um, we kind of missed out on our chance to see sort of how things are, are going to begin to change. Uh, you speak of Donovan. I think he's coming in with a pro-style offense, as I understand, and obviously there's losing quarterback. Three guys uh, in the battle for starting quarterback. But I'm wondering – is there some kind of state law that the starting quarterback for Washington has to be named Jake or Jacob? Well, yeah, Dylan Morris and, and Ethan Garber's better hope not, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they're only they're down to one now. So with Jacob Eason going pro, they've they've only got one Jacob left. So and he's I you know if, if you were handicapping it, um, he probably would be the, the slight betting favorite right now, just because he spent last year as a backup and. He is the oldest guy, although with a new system coming in, maybe that levels the playing field a little bit. And I think people expect um, Dylan Morris, the redshirt freshman, to to be right there. Uh, People have said a lot of good things about him since he got to campus last year. I think he had a really strong redshirt season, both on the scout team and and from what we were able to see in fall camp, even you know, getting a handful of reps here and there. He looked like the kind of guy who would function well within a pro-style offense. And then, you know, Ethan Garber's 
that's just uh, another spring spring storyline that they got bumped back because he was gonna he you know he is enrolled he's still home in California taking uh, taking college classes just just at his parents' house online like like everybody else is right now but he would have been up in Seattle and and would have been the third guy in that quarterback competition so yeah whenever those guys are are able to practice and and get at it it really does feel like that competition is going to start out about as even as it possibly could. There were stories around the NFL draft that the Huskies kind of had a disappointing performance there because some of the guys, the the 40 times, weren't what people thought they were going to be and lack speed. Now, those guys are gone, so it doesn't really matter to Washington football going forward. Uh, But is there a lack of team speed up and down the roster, or is this just some one-offs testing for the NFL, and it doesn't mean anything? Uh, I think that they're improving in that category. Um, it, it's it's interesting because, yeah, I mean, Savon Ahmed had the really shocking 40 time. I think people expected him to be in the in the 4-4 range. I know he'd been clocked you know, handheld at under 4-4 at their team combine last spring. And if you watch him play, I think, you know, he, he definitely looks like a guy who plays a lot faster than what his 40 time reads. So that was I think kind of a, a head scratcher for a lot of people, but um, yeah, I, I think the bigger issue—I don't know if it's just straight team speed—but they've kind of lacked big-time playmakers at the offensive skill position. I mean, obviously, everybody knows about Miles Gaskin, and, and he had a great career, and he was super reliable and consistent. But you know, since John Ross and Dante Pettis moved on, um, they've they've just kind of been okay at receiver and they've kind of lacked that, you know, that big body or that real electric, you know, speedster who can take the top off a of defense. I think they've recruited um, a few guys who can sort of fit that mold. I think obviously Puka Nakua showed to be that kind of guy last year who, you know, is six two and can go up and win a 50, 50 ball and he's competitive and he's strong and he's just the kind of guy who's going to go up and make plays and score touchdowns for you. They're adding a couple freshmen, um, in the 2020 class, Jalen McMillan and, and Romo Dunze, who were two of the, the more highly thought of receivers out west in the 2020 class, so um, I think they've they've upgraded, but um, again, still have a, a lot to prove in terms of just seeing those guys go and do it on a football field. How about at running back? You already mentioned Snockmed uh, taking off, uh, looking like it's going to be a, a two-horse. Uh, I don't know want to say battle, but a compliment maybe with uh, a McGrew and a Newton. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if they have a 20-carry back necessarily. I mean, I think they have guys who can do that. I don't know if you're going to see a a total, you know, hey, this is the clear-cut number one, and then, you know, a couple guys are just going to kind of pick up the scraps behind that guy. I think Richard Newton could be that number one. Um, Sean McGrew, obviously, you kind of know what you've got there. He's a fifth-year senior. He's been pretty steady. Whenever he's gotten opportunities, he's made the most of it. And they have a redshirt freshman named Cam Davis, um, who I think was – kind of on the cusp of playing last year as a true freshman. They actually did get him into two games. Um, they gave him two carries against USC and then two carries in their bowl game. So I, I think they they really liked him and wanted to sort of you know get him going a little bit and see what he looked like carrying the ball in a, in a real college football game. Um, and so I, you know, I think they really like his potential. He was a, a big recruit for them two classes ago. Um, four-star guy out of, out of California. So I, you know, I think that those three guys are probably your top three. Um, they've got a true freshman coming in named JV on Sunday from Waco, Texas, who is kind of similar to Richard Newton, and is just kind of that got that that violent, you know, real physical bruising style 
about him. So you know, maybe he's a guy who could win some carries too. I think they've got a, a solid top three right now. So we have seen the uh, the Utes chasing Washington forever, and they finally beat them. And a lot of it has to do with the Ute defense, and a lot of that has to do with the Ute defensive line being able to win their matchup most of the time. Is Washington going to have an elite defensive line to hang its hat on? Uh, I think it's going to be better, and I thought it was pretty solid last year. Um, but now, you know, not only you've got Levi Onzerike and Josiah Bronson both back as, as seniors, and those were their two primary starters on the interior last year. Um, but then they've got a, a whole lot of talent in the, the 2018 and 2019 classes who are all a year older. Um, the guys like Tuli Latuli Nasanoa and Taki Taimani um, from Salt Lake City East High School, who uh, both played last year as redshirt freshmen, kind of got their feet wet, you, you know, sort of flashed. You could see the potential there. You could see them being, you know, really tough run-stuffing type guys in the middle of that D-line. I think they're going to play a lot more this year. Um, they signed three four-star D-tackles in the 2019 class who all were able to redshirt last year but played a little bit, you know, within the four-game limit, like Fatui Tuatele, Jacob Bandis, uh, Sama Bahama. And then uh, their, their fourth guy they signed in that class, Noah and Galu. I think you know any four of those guys could contribute. So it's an interesting combination of you know the, the two seniors who have played a ton, and, and you kind of you know what what to expect from them. And then I think they'll be able to experiment with about you know six or, or seven guys behind them and try to figure out what the the best combinations are going to be at those two inside spots. Well, I've always thought that Washington has been a school that has produced a number of defensive backs. The secondary seems to be always good with all sorts of athletes all over the place. So you just spoke on the defensive line there. You know, I'm pretty solid. I'm wondering if the biggest question marks is at linebacker. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And it's particularly the two inside linebacker spots. The outside linebacker in their defense is, you know, it depends on their personnel, but usually is, is essentially a defensive end. And I think they feel pretty good about Joe Tryon and Ryan Bowman at those two spots. And a guy like Layatu Latu, who who looked like a, a pretty promising player as a true freshman, and got a couple other guys who will compete for time. But those two inside linebacker spots were really the sort of the weakness of their defense last year. I mean, they they weren't as tough against the run as they wanted to be. Now they still, you know, were a national top 20 scoring defense when all was said and done. They they gave up less than 20 points a game. And you know, most of their issues last year when they lost were were offensive, but um I think they do expect to be better there. Um Edifon Ulafoshio was a, a guy who walked on for them initially out of Bishop Gorman High School. Um, everybody loved him from the day you got to campus. You played some on special teams as a as a true freshman. Wound up starting three games at linebacker last year. I think the last three games of the season, and um, had a, a big game against Oregon State, and, and looked really good in the bowl game, and earned a scholarship in the off season. So I, I think he's a guy that people expect to you know, take that next step and, and maybe be a full time starter there. Obviously, uh, a handful of younger guys alongside him. You know, Jackson Sermon and MJ Tafisi. Um, who will both be uh, both be sophomores? Tafisi sounds like he'll be 100. percent He had a pretty scary uh, stinger injury last year that ended his season. But whenever they hit the practice field next, I think they expect to have him be full go. So I think those two guys are probably going to get first crack at, at competing for that other job. But they also signed four guys uh, at inside linebacker who redshirted last year, and you know some some who I think 
have gotten bigger and, and they feel pretty good about going forward. So um, yeah, not a lot established there. And those three starts that Ulafosio had last year are the only three starts they have returning at inside linebacker. So um, assuming that you know he, he kind of carries on and, and locks down one of those spots, yeah, you're going to see kind of like D-line, six or seven guys competing for that other one. Christian Cable covers the Washington Huskies for the Athletic. You already referenced uh, some of the Utah guys on the roster. I think there's four. There's at least one assistant coach with ties to the state of Utah who coached at Utah State. Should we just assume the Huskies are going to be back here recruiting nonstop? Oh, yeah. There's there's no doubt. Um, and they just I just got a commitment uh, over the weekend from uh, Void Tunufi, another D lineman out of uh, Salt Lake City Beast High School. So, yeah, that's uh, that's been a, a very positive recruiting ground for them. He man, Ty Jones and Puka Nakua at receiver, um, Taki Taimani on the D line, um, MJ Tafisi's, I believe from West Jordan. So um, yeah, it's they kind of see their recruiting footprint as the the whole West Coast. You know, it don't go into. Idaho and Wyoming and Montana as much, but when there's a guy there who's a Pac-12 caliber player, they they absolutely will recruit him. So, and you you know Utah has been sort of right there as a, a state that has produced it seems like at least one or two guys for them in each of the past few classes. So remember when Bronco Mendenhall got elevated from defensive coordinator to head coach at BYU? He acknowledged that he didn't even know most of the names of the guys on offense. Now, he had only been there a couple of years. Lake has been around for a while. How was that transition going to be from him, for him going from the coordinator to head coach as far as what he's going to have knowledge-wise and influence-wise over the offense? Well, I, I think it, it might be made smoother in some ways just by the fact that he, he went out and handpicked his own offensive coordinator. Um, and, and, you know, Jimmy Lake is a guy who – places an extremely high value on NFL experience. He coached in the NFL as an assistant uh, with Tampa Bay and with Detroit, spent time with Rondé Barber in Tampa Bay, um, and you know, really feels like any coach who has gone from the college level to the NFL level and returns to college is coming back to college with a much wider knowledge base. And I think that's what he saw in John Donovan. And, you know, he kind of, Jimmy Lake described the offense that he wanted before they ever had a coordinator, before they even made a change at coordinator. He said he wanted them to be bruising, physical. It would probably be pro style. And it's pretty easy to imagine a quarterback under center a little more often, um, still utilizing multiple tight ends like they have the past few years. And then, you know, build a, a play action or vertical passing game off of that. I think that's what a lot of people expect. But, you know, he went out and found an offensive coordinator with that vision in mind, knowing what he wanted it to look like. Obviously, he liked what John Donovan had to say. Um, I, I think that, you know, Lake also describes himself as kind of an X's and O's junkie. He's really into football strategy. Um, I think he probably feels like he's got something he can add on the offensive side of the ball. I would still expect him to be pretty heavily involved in defensive game planning, but um, he's a he's a pretty smart guy with diverse interests within the game of football. And um, you know, I, I think he's already pretty familiar with the the talent and the ability they have offensively, what their strengths and what their weaknesses have been. And um, I would expect his touches to to show up on that side of the ball as well. 
Christian Capel joining us, covers the Huskies for The Athletic. I was reading some of the stuff you've written, and you got questions about realignment. There's one that never goes away. Would Washington ever leave Washington State and bolt to the Big 12 if USC and Oregon were? How realistic is that, and how much is that is, uh, you know, some hardcore fan in his basement dreaming up nightmare scenarios, hacking away <laughs> at the computer at 2 in the morning? Well, I think it started when USC's new athletic director, Mike Bond, basically said in an interview that, hey, look, we're not, you know, I don't want to misquote him, but the, the gist of it was, hey, you know, we're not thinking about realignment, but anything's on the table. And, you know, I think that any Pac-12 member school right now is looking around and seeing what the, the media deals look like at the other Power Five conferences and the fact that Michigan State was able to just hire Colorado's head coach away because they could pay him a ridiculous amount of money per year that, that Colorado could never match. And that's not even one of the premier football programs in that conference in the Big Ten. So the revenue gap is, I think, really concerning, and that's driving a lot of the conversation around, you know, hey, if, if you know maybe it's a Big 12, maybe it's another league, but if, if another power conference league ever did expand and they wanted USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington, which I think would be viewed as sort of the foremost high-profile brands in the league right now. You know, would Washington be able be willing to leave? You know, a hundred years of tradition behind, leave their primary rival behind in another league, just to you know basically get a bigger paycheck and a better crack of the national championship somewhere else. Obviously, I mean, that, that's such a big question and, and such a, a hypothetical. It's hard to even get your head around all the factors and everything they'd have to take into consideration. But, um, you know, I think my response was basically, hey, it, it, would, it would depend on what your values are as a university. You know, do you value sort of being a steward of, of West Coast football and, and the role you've played since the Pacific Coast Conference was formed all the way back in 1916 and being a charter member and, and you know, being a part of a league that, that – you're in with a bunch of other peers who are research institutions like yourself, or is it just about giving your football team the very best chance of winning national championship every year and enriching your athletic department? And if that's your goal, and if you feel like, hey, you know what, we're going to get left behind if we stay in the Pac-12, if, if especially if USC and UCLA and Oregon leave and we stay back in this conference, now we've lost all of our all of our, you know, big brands and, and going to have even less national profile and going to be even further behind in terms of um, revenue generated by media deals, you know, it's, it's something to take into consideration. But I think, you know, especially with the current circumstances and, um, you know, what the, the coronavirus and the shutdown and everything is, is going to do to athletic department budgets, um, I think those discussions are, are going to be a ways off if they ever happen at all. Christian, we appreciate you taking a few minutes and coming on the air with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Christian Capel, he covers the Washington Huskies for The Athletic. DJ and PK, final word, next. Time for your feedback, brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or com. Got a lot of feedback coming in from people on the NCAA deciding that uh, you can send some money to the players. They can uh, cut deals and make money off their image, line up endorsements. And Dave says, why not? The NCAA is making bank off these kids. Cut the kids in. 
And Kevin says, yeah. I, I don't care. They won't be getting any of my money. No, they'll be getting a lot of money, man. I've already reached out to Herm Edwards to see who I could send 10 bucks to. <laughs> Alex says they're scared of the G League coming in to take the college basketball game away from them. Yeah, that's another issue that I think we should discuss, you know, not in a two-minute deal here. But I, I don't really see that as being an issue because it, when we get to the NCAA March Madness, everyone's so jacked about it, and it's such a big deal. And so if three or four or five of the best players are sitting in some G League somewhere, so what? It sort of flushes out, then they, they don't have them. So I don't I don't think it's it can impact the college game and maybe not make it as good as it could have been, but I don't think it's going to harm the enthusiasm that we have for March Madness. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it does hurt the game to have the best players not playing in your game, but there's a limit to how many players the NBA can take. And right. the G League will pay, and everyone will think they're the one who's going to get through, but eventually... Uh, you know, there'll be a trend over time. It'll settle down like this percentage of kids has a chance to get there. Now, whether it's 10 kids a year, 20 kids a year, 50 kids a year, 100 kids a year, you know, the magic of March Madness is, you know, 64, 68 teams and 8 to 10 kids playing on each team. So, yeah, it'll leave a mark, but the rivalries are pretty well built in, and the NBA and the G League don't have enough spots to take all of them. But there's no question over time, guys going pro early has changed the look of college basketball, if you start looking across decades without question. Yeah, but this. I would argue that the way it is now, they're drafting guys on potential. Yeah. And so a freshman coming in, there's very few freshmen who dominate. Zion Williamson and Carmelo Anthony, you know, those guys did, yeah, great on them, although Williams, uh, Zion didn't do anything in the NCAA tournament, or his team didn't anyway. So my point is, you get a player who's a junior or senior, he may be better production-wise than that hotshot NBA prospect as a freshman. He's okay. The freshman's okay. But the junior or senior is actually giving his team more production because he's been in the program for three or four years. He's been with the coach for three or four years. He understands it a lot better. He's a better college player as a senior than that NBA prospect is as a freshman. But yet the NBA prospect is going to go much higher in the draft. The junior or senior may not even be drafted, whereas the freshman who didn't have the great season – is going to still be drafted higher because they're drafting him for what he can become, not what he is. The junior or senior is what he is, basically. Uh, 100% on that. I think we were going to see it in the tournament this year with the way the seedings were probably going to play out. We may well see it in the next season as well. And you're right. We can spend an, uh, another segment, hour, or show on this topic going right. forward. DJ yeah. and PK, we're out of time, though. Hans and Scotty are next. We'll see you.